0: You are listening to You Heard It Here 2nd, Episode 15. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, derrickandsteve.com. The Colts would
1: have been better off keeping Peyton I, Manning because Andrew Luck is a garbage quarterback. He's a dumpster fire, I,
0: and I hate him. Derek and Steve present... The stalker who uh, who made the video asked the hotel to be placed in the room next to Aaron Andrews. Hey. And the hotel management and people were watching the video after the fact, showing yeah. it to them. And also pretty it wouldn't be like a bad two years. It would just be like a little boring and you wouldn't would really do a lot and he <laughs> would just say how much he appreciated you <laughs> and then you get a hundred million dollars. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 15 of You Heard It Here a Second. I'm Derek. This is Steve. Steve, what's cracking?
1: What's cracking? Um, not much is cracking, Derek. Uh, I'm excited for today's episode. Um, got some good topics. I think it's good to jump right into it. Absolutely. I
0: completely agree with that. We should jump right into it. That's so, a first. Uh, so the first segment is the opening kickoff. Uh, But just to give you a little insight, today's episode, three periods. So we got a couple movie reviews for you in the first period. Uh, We have some trivia for you in the second period. And we have sports in the third period. Sports at the end was something that we tried out last episode. We'll give it another try this episode. Yeah,
1: no special guests this time around. No uh, Bachelor Roundtable. No semi-famous people. This is just Derek and Steve coming at you for however
0: long it is. Derek and Steve from their roots just coming at you talking. Um, The uh bachelor streak is over so we apologize, so, we, we, we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so no bachelor for the first time in 10 episode 11 episodes so i'm very excited about very. that very
1: i will say the bachelor gave us the jolt we needed yeah. it gave us the it spark did. to to get this podcast up and running and get a lot of viewers but i think it's about time we let the bachelor Fade right off into the sunset. Fade away. Yeah. Um.
0: And then we can go back to talking about absolutely nothing. Exactly. Which is what we want to do. So, <laughs> um. So there you have it. We have the opening kickoff, which is a question that Steve has posed, uh, and I'll let him ask it. I'll pose it. It's a. It's an interesting question because I think everyone
1: wants to answer it the same, or they they all want to say like, oh no, it's neither of these. But the question is, what is more annoying? What do you find more annoying when you're not participating in them? Santa Con bar crawls or St. Patrick's Day bar crawls? So basically Christmas Christmas idiots or St. Patrick's Day idiots.
0: Right. Who do you hate more? Very, very tough question. I think that uh once you think th- think it through a little bit, you have to go with St. Patrick's Day. I think you have to. Yeah. And, and particularly if you're in Boston, South Boston or or anywhere around this area. Um I think I was driving home from work on Thursday through the city. Uh we Went to dinner, restaurant week, last week. So we can mention that a little bit after this segment. But uh, I was just coming home. We are going to dinner that night. You know, Thursday, we're adults. Like, we're not doing the big drinking thing on Thursday <laughs> on St. Patrick's Day. We are adults. And I was just driving through the streets, and there's just drunk Irish people everywhere. And drunk not Irish people everywhere. Yes. Uh, wearing tons of green. And it is a little bit ridiculous. So I think I have to go with that. But at the same time, I think SantaCon bar crawls have that same feel to them to kind of an extreme as well because it's Christmas. You're like, why? You don't need to be out here making a fool of yourself the way that all these SantaCon people are. Yeah, so.
1: like Christmas is a magical Christmas holiday, is, yeah, not a you, drunk holiday. You don't need yeah. to do
0: this. Like St. Patrick's Day, that's what it's all about. It's a manufactured drunk holiday. Christmas isn't. So it's it's kind of, you know, it's a little bit of a balance there. So, so here's my
1: hot take. I think this is a Boston versus New York question i think if you st patrick's day in boston is obviously the best and the worst at the same time right um but because we don't get a huge santa con in boston you get people going out and doing their own thing but you get a huge st patrick's day um and you get what comes along with a huge st patrick's day which is a lot of people with shamrock tattoos above their neck and a lot of people looking to drink a ton of alcohol and fight you all the right. time like no matter what you do or say whether you're friends with them or not they would like to fight you and or uh, make you have a bad day so but I think the New York thing is um, Santacon New York is huge yeah it's like a it's one of the biggest like bar crawls maybe the biggest bar crawl in the country and you just get bombarded with everyone wearing the ex- not just similar clothing the exact same thing doing the exact same thing and just one big mess of like vague nothingness mm-hmm. I, I don't know they're both kind of <laughs> make me
0: anxious if I'm not participating in them so yeah, I think that's um, the key the, the, the key is, is the is the distinction that you're not participating in them I think yeah because for me the way I'm looking at it I think that I think the answer to the question is St. Patrick's Day I think that St. Patrick's Day festivities are more annoying in their nature than SantaCon festivities if you're not participating at the same time I look upon St. Patrick's Day festivities in a better light than I do SantaCon festivities I know that doesn't make any sense because I'm saying they're more annoying, but I also favor them. But I think it's—I think that's kind of the extremes argument of the St. Patrick's Day festivities have all those people who are just the the people who are drunk and wanting to fight you and everything. And I feel like you don't get that at SantaCon. But I also the good side of the St. Patrick's Day stuff I like is like the it's a happy like you know happy drunk holiday that everyone also gets really excited about too. So I like it more than SantaCon stuff, but I think it's also more annoying at its worst.
1: I'll say that I think no matter which holiday it is, Derek, people are looking to fight you.
0: They are, they especially are. That's you.
1: That's true. <laughs> Just look at you.
0: It's, I'm, I'm getting in fights everywhere I go now. It's I, I gotta, I gotta figure that one out. But um, for now, it's uh, Saint Patrick's Day is over, so it's one less fight that I'm gonna have to pick. One less fight, one less group of people that want to fight you, Derek. Yes, one, that's passed, and now we can wait till April Fool's Day when the next group wants to fight me. So, uh, so anything else, SantaCon? st patrick's day i think we touched on it all obviously this is just a a fun question we we love both
1: holidays like derek doesn't hate christmas the way he says he (laughs) does um and i love st patrick's day and christmas it's just we don't have many topics this time (laughs) this this is a but it's fun i mean it's it's true it's kind of it is at some like inside your core you feel wow like this is kind of annoying these people are very (laughs) very kind of
0: annoying yeah (laughs) Very, very kind of annoying. Very exactly kind of annoying is exactly how I would phrase it. Um, one more cap to that segment. We did go to Restaurant Week, which we talked about in the last episode. Yep. Uh, good reviews. I think we, we did say that Restaurant Week was overrated. Not necessarily changing that stance. I but, still think it's overrated. But but at the same time, we knew going to be some good food, some you know good times at restaurant. And the only
1: thing Restaurant Week does is make your bill easier to yes determine, it Does which is which is might be worth it. Yeah. Which might be worth Restaurant Week, but. I definitely think we would have spent less we each we would have if a lot less each maybe yeah. twenty five dollars less each if uh,
0: maybe a little, maybe less than that, I think so it depends on the restaurant, but restaurant yeah. week thirty three dollars for the for the three for the you know the starter, the entree, and the dessert, and then you, as you said, nobody you gets all drinks, three of yeah. those nobody gets all three of those, so I think you can, you can knock off ten bucks at least and plus the tip fifteen
1: overall very good, everyone just knows to pay thirty three plus divide the drinks yeah, and everything tape. else yeah. So, yeah, so. It's, a
0: good, it's a good group experience to go restaurant week, to go for a group dinner. So uh, there you have it. The North End is a good place to do that. Baco we went to. Baco. It was uh, very good food. So uh, there's the opening kickoff, and now we will move into the first period, which is a couple of movie reviews. Yeah, um, so
1: this is a first-time topic for us. We yeah. haven't reviewed movies, but... We scatter them sometimes. We scat- yeah, we kind of do, but this time we're going to do two movies. hmm um, the show is called You Heard It Here Second, so they're going to be movies that you probably sh- have seen or should have this seen. This isn't bre- groundbreaking. We These don't are do, not we don't new that. movies, but they're not old movies, right. so at least you'll, you may find this relevant. Um, so the
0: first movie is The Night Before. The Night Before um, with Seth and Rogen. I, and I
1: forgot what this was until we watched it, so mm-hmm. you, can, you can describe it. Yeah, right.
0: so The Night Before is... Uh, you definitely saw the trailers for it, but you didn't. The title didn't ring a bell. I had the same thought as you at first. Um, I tried to look. I had to Google it, and then I was like, "Oh, of course, this one." Um, Seth Rogen, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, and I believe uh, I don't know the other guy's name, but um, not Michael those, B. Jordan, not, <laughs> not but a similar guy. The other guy who's who's breaking onto the scene in a similar way, um, and also uh, uh, Mindy Kaling and a few other people. Um, so it's the it's a Christmas movie about the you know the three friends who have the tradition of celebrating Christmas together since they were kids, and uh, they get the invitation to the to the great party the the big coveted secret the nut, party the Nutcracker ball the, the Nutcracker ball. Um, and we as watching this we discovered that several of these scenes we're going to need to reincorporate as advertisements for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Rager in the yes. future Yes, uh, for because sure. it's just a perfect setup for that where, where we transition that into a clip to pitch Rudolph because they're just. That they're amazed that they have been invited to this awesome Christmas party that they can't wait to get to. So it's basically a perfect analogy. But, um, good movie. I think uh, it was definitely better than I thought it was going to be. I was afraid of it being one of those movies that the trailers had all the funny parts. And I don't think that that was the case. I think it was, uh, good, funny, uh, a lot of, uh, definitely a lot of laugh out loud scenes. I think it wasn't, um, it wasn't overkill, uh, stupid humor, I think. Yeah. There, there was a good mix of, of humor and maybe a little bit too much plotline uh, d- uh, devotion to some of the storylines that maybe didn't need to be in a comedy as much, but overall, I thought it was very good. What I liked about it was that it was definitely a Christmas movie. Yeah. It was
1: not a dumb Seth Rogen, James Franco, stupid movie. Um, they put some effort into it. There, You're right, it wasn't very childish. There was like, it was a good sprinkling of really stupid things yeah. and then some just casually funny things. Um We, we, at, when it started, we were like, Oh my gosh, Seth Rogen's going to be a normal <laughs> actor and he's going to just play this like a normal person. And it's going to be great because he, he first 30 minutes, he's kind of funny, but not over the top. And then basically all hell bro- breaks loose for him <laughs> 30 <laughs> minutes in. Um And it, it was a little over the top, but overall, I think it was he
0: was—he was all of the over the top parts for sure. Yeah, I mean, all, they were all him. And I guess if you were picking which character that would have the over the top parts, it was him and and Mindy Kaling. Th- those two together have kind of the ridiculous parts. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it, you know, it was good. Like you said, the it was definitely a Christmas movie. So like those themes were in it throughout. It wasn't like a just using Christmas as a cheap ploy to have a comedy. It was definitely a Christmas movie. Kind of like, and I don't want this comparison to be misunderstood, but it's kind of like Elf in the sense of like no. a definite Christmas movie, but it's like it's very comedy central. But it's it's not it's like a Christmas Elf. movie. It's it's I I don't mean to say it's like Elf, but it's like Elf in that way um, that it's very Christmas centered, but it's you know for sure comedy. So when it
1: was over, we were like, wow, we should have watched that. But do Christmas not
0: watch time. the gag reel. Nobody who has the <laughs> opportunity to watch the gag reel don't watch, don't watch it reel. because all you're doing is just. You, the gag reel is just a trick to get you to read the credits, I think. I would rather be gagged than watch the gag reel. That's, I completely agree. So um, so what's your rating? Steve, uh, Nicholas, Steve Avocados. Nicholas
1: Avocados.
0: You know, it's and this is a product of me watching
1: a lot of movies and rating a lot of movies, but it was way better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would recommend it. It's, it's getting a 72% Steve Nicholas Avocados. That's pretty good. But if you're looking for an easy chill not safe for work it's very no oh, like, no of course not. but in a good way in like a fun, like exactly what you expect yeah. um 72 percent steve nicholas avocados
0: the night before there you go that's pretty good uh as far as derek dragonfruits, it gets 75 so very similar to yours i think just a couple of notches higher
1: i think i would have given it 75 if we watched it at christmas
0: that's actually yeah that's a great point and i don't i can't say what i would have given it if it was at christmas but i think that might have naturally been boosted up a little bit too i think because i think it definitely we're not watching it at christmas time at all. No. This is this is the opposite of christmas time because it's about to become spring. Although it's snowed today. It's snowed so. today, but but like everybody wants it to be spring. So that's the opposite of christmas. Um All right, so, moving on. So yeah, so that's the first one. Second one, the big short. The big short. Um
1: Oscar nominated movie. Um I, we all we both thought it was was good. Mm-hmm. Um I gave it a higher rating than the night before purely because of the the mo- the type of movie it was. It wasn't right. an Oscar movie, but I was expecting more from this movie and got less. So I don't know which one I enjoyed more, but um, The Big Short, well-done movie, very interesting concept. Um, the characters broke the fourth wall, which means they talked to the audience quite a bit yeah. um, to explain things. A uh, lot of very fast clips, lot, very jump jumping back and forth type movie, um, but well-acted, um, funny, easy to understand until... Easy to understand it in the way that they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, it's. It, I think it did an okay job at explaining the 2008 housing crisis or the ha- housing collapse. And mm-hmm. it was, um, I mean, I, I'll give you what, what I got. Steve Nicholas avocados. I gave it 75%, more than more than the night before, but I think I was disappointed in. Yeah, the, it's, oh, that's the, relative. Yeah. yeah. So
0: what's your opinion on it? I have a lot of the same opinions on it. I think I had, I also had huge expectations going in. And I am, you know, I guess it, from a pure movie standpoint, it's probably a better movie than the night before. Yeah. So, so that's not exactly what my rating system is going on. It's kind of going on what you were saying you kind of didn't go on, which is maybe which one you'd enjoyed more. Um, so I'm giving it 69, which is six less than I gave the night before. Um, Derek Dragonfruits. Uh, <laughs> it's good. So make sure they know. They, they, you got to make sure the the name brand continues. to We grow. need to uh,
1: make a poll. What's better, Derek Dragonfruits or Steve Nicholas Avocados? Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Um, we'll mine doesn't have alliteration, but mine was
0: original. Yours was original. Yeah. Mine, mine was a little bit less. So take original. that into account. And you have a certified guac, which I don't have a certified anything that Neither works for dragon because nobody knows what dragon fruits would even make if it was Certified, certified vitamin so. water <laughs> flavor. <laughs> Um so the big short though I think uh I agree with most of what you said very very well acted I loved the talking to the audience I think that that was it's very uncommon move in movies and I think it was a very good way of storytelling something that had to you know you had to you had to figure out a way to relate it to the audience it was a
1: weird mix of having you have to dumb some stuff down yeah. to appeal to a greater audience but also tackle a very complex
0: yeah story but also keep your humorous edge to the movie and everything like that like I at one point they just they, they cut to margot Roby in a in a bathtub. bathtub and they just say here's here's margot to dis- explain this like it's yeah. it's it's, it's kind of it's just silliness in in telling the story and they would just have a random person each time um but i think that helped it helped played into what they were looking for there so you know i think i thought it was very good very well acted and i think just the end of it kind of cut it off for me a little bit and that it kind of it crashed to an end a little for me. It was a little bit fast. It all just kind of suddenly everything fell apart, and it, that that part got rushed over a little. I felt yeah, like the um, big I mean, it had to end the movie at some point. It's
1: building up to exactly what you think it is. It's a, it, I mean, it's it's the housing crisis. Mm-hmm. So like, it's building up to this big, big climax in the movie, mm-hmm. and it's not that big of a yeah. like, a thing. It's like because we all know what happens. We all kind of lived through it. Right. Um and the world goes on. And so they make this like it's the apocalypse, yeah. but it's really not. Right, right.
0: I think that probably factored into why I gave it a little bit lesser of a rating, but there you go. So there are two movies for uh for today's episode and we'll I would try say to... watch them both. Yeah, oh yeah. They're both I, I, I definitely
1: watchable. If you want stupid dumb funny the night before, if you want a little a, a movie that's different and well filmed, well acted mm-hmm. um and tackles a, a a real event. a concept that yeah. that has never really been addressed in in like
0: movie or film yeah, before. For it's sure, definitely. Yeah, much more unique. It, you sure. know, I might even recommend if you're only going to watch one of them, I re- I might recommend The Big Short over the night before. Um, even though I ranked the night before higher. So, <laughs> so there you go. Inconsistent ratings. That's there what it all is. About. That's what it's all about. <laughs> so that ends the first period, and we move. Now into the second period, so we have trivia again for you, and we will. This is uh, a good one. Start with the clues. I think this is a good one. This, this is a, a good one.
1: The clues. I, I read these ones. The clues are in great order, Derek. Thank you. Well done Thank putting you. the clues in order.
0: So you can. Uh, I'll read the first one. Okay, so go ahead. This person was born on November twenty third, nineteen ninety two, in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, where she grew up on a ranch and started riding horses at the age of two. All right. This person is twenty
1: three, born on November twenty third. Tennessee. She grew up, uh, started riding horse at the age of two, and qu- clue two. She began acting in the early 2000s, having a small role in 2001 television document, uh, television series Doc, which her father starred in, and then again in 2003 in the film Big Fish. A
0: couple of small roles there. Uh, clue number three. Her godmother is famous American singer and songwriter Dolly Parton and her father is also a well-known singer and songwriter. Her father gave her the birth name Destiny Hope because he believed that it was her destiny to bring hope to the world.
1: Which is really
0: stupid. Really pathetic. Did not know that before this. And also a better name
1: than the name she has now, I think. Anyway, clue number four. She rose to fame in the mid-2000s by starring in multiple children's television shows on the Disney Channel.
0: And soon afterwards, she became a platinum recording artist. So there you go. I think the some of the clues now should get you to the answer. Um, But if you don't have it yet, clue number five surely will give it away. So here it is. Her father is Billy Ray, and she recently swung around a wrecking ball in her popular music video for the song Wrecking Ball. Uh, She also was Hannah Montana, and she's also in The Night Before, making this somewhat relevant to us. Uh, The answer is Miley Cyrus. Miley
1: Cyrus,
0: um, or as we like to call her, Destiny Hope Cyrus. Exactly, and actually, in, in researching that uh, for those clues, uh, coming across the Destiny Hope thing, uh, she legally changed her name, you know, later on when she was, you know, b- right before she became a star, I think, uh, to Miley, which came from her childhood nickname, which was Smiley. Wow! But she changed it to Miley. All right, here's a so. question. Thoughts
1: on Miley Cyrus, Derek Robinson, Dragonfruits, Derek Dragonfruits, Dragonfruits. Miley Cyrus. So
0: I don't know how to give a, ra- a number ranking to a person. You just got to do it. I'll give Miley Cyrus like sixty-five. Okay, uh, you know You're I, not I think I'm not sold. I'm not. I mean,
1: I used to hate her guts. I used to think like, w- look at this like punk. Like yeah. she, she's just like kind of doing stuff for the sake of doing it. She's yeah. like rebellious for the sake of being... But I she's kinda, she's committed to that role she has. hard. Yeah, and. She's uh, going. She's going for it and not
0: backing down. I, I, ju- actually, just from her scene in the night before, I might have to go up to seventy from yeah. sixty-five because it was pretty funny in the night before.
1: She knows what she is. She's not fooling anyone. She just is a crazy person she's, and loving life. Yeah,
0: and she's extremely, extremely talented. Yeah, she's, she's a phenomenal singer. party in the USA fire she, track. Yeah, yeah extreme wrecking fire ball. Track. Fire track, Pretty fire track. Like she makes bangs, and she's all yeah, and she's not one of these singers that is just all computerized either. You know, and like like she doesn't depend on just auto tuning and 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 computerized rhythms and things like that. She's very very talented vocalist too. So, Wrecking Ball. I'll go up to seventy. Wrecking 70. Ball, by the way,
1: great karaoke song choice. If yeah, you've never done it, yeah,
0: spectacular. It definitely is. Um,
1: I'm gonna give her eighty five percent. Eighty five. Yeah, why not? She's she's trending up.
0: She is trying to Miley up. Cyrus. Yeah, she's. I'm giving it a strong seventy now. And she didn't keep the name Destiny Hope Cyrus. That she she has to get points just for just for shedding that name and and preventing Billy Ray from doing that to her. So thank goodness. Um. So there you go. Miley Cyrus is the answer to second period trivia, which brings us to the third period for sports, which is the bulk of our topics, but. Uh, not too much, as really March Madness is the big thing going on. March so. Madness
1: is the big thing going on, and we don't know too much about it. And we know you guys don't want to hear much about it, um, mainly because there's games every day, and whatever we say today will be different by tomorrow. Um, I will say this: it's crazy. March Madness is the mad, the maddest it's been it in is. a while. It's yes, which is very good. It's good for basketball. It's good for us. It's good for watching. Um, it's still really dumb. It still makes no sense. Um, there's no telling why a 15 seed will be the 2 seed and then lose the next round. I mean, if they're tired or whatever, but it's all just randomness. Um but doing this, I hate doing this, but we can be ACC homers. 6 out of the the 16 teams are ACC teams. There you go. Yeah, which is I guess a it's, good I mean, why, that's obviously the reason why BC was so bad Right. This right.
0: Year. Yeah, that's the only reason. The the reason they didn't win any games in the ACC is cuz the ACC is so good. So not good. because not yeah. because we're so bad. So, um, I think it makes sense. So I don't think I'm going to stick to our guns. I think
1: the ACC is obviously the best basketball conference. Um, and BC's in, uh, in the best basketball conference, a a decent team who didn't (laughs) win any games in the best basketball conference.
0: Yeah. I, that's the only way you can describe them. Um, it do, the, the podcast does fall on a good day of the week for this particular area of March Madness because they do take a couple of days off in between the round of thirty two and the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. So, the uh, first Sweet Sixteen game, Sweet Sixteen games, are being played on Thursday. So, actually, the fans have a couple days here to digest what they hear. And you heard it here second. Thank goodness. Um, before the Sweet Sixteen <laughs> round, but you know, obviously, a lot of upsets have happened, and I think, um, this year, I guess we almost had a situation where we had. A bunch of high seeds making it to the Sweet Sixteen. Well, they
1: almost broke the re- so it tied the record for most "quote unquote" upsets, right, Um in March
0: Madness first round history,
1: first which round, I think was right. eleven. Yeah, yeah, uh, one more would have broke the record, really? and it was like, yeah. I mean, and there were,
0: you could point out to three different games that right, that, 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 that happened. Were close, but, yeah, you know. uh, but I think the 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 more surprising thing I think is it's how many of those upset picks came very close to advancing in round two. I I think there were a lot of games where these teams came down to the wire. Notre Dame needed a last second bucket to win. Um, The Texas A&M came back on Northern, uh, Northern Iowa. Amazing comeback in the last, uh, I think it was 28 seconds or something under 30 seconds. They were down by 12 points. I believe it was. And they came back Um, remarkable comeback for them to, as a three seed to knock off an 11, but we were very close. Oklahoma was in a battle with VCU. who was the 10 seed. So, um, as it stands, there's an 11, 10 matchup in the Midwest bracket, which is Gonzaga Syracuse. So one of those double digit seeds will go to the elite eight. Um, but beyond that, there are no double digit seeds left. Very close to having a few other double digit matchups. Yeah. Um, but either way, I think, uh, Definitely a lot of upsets, but it's it's almost like this year is a mix of kind of what you had said is the worst thing about March Madness, which is that all these teams are still going to end up being the teams that you expect them to be. Um, I think some of the big guns that people expected did get knocked out for sure. I mean, Michigan State was one of those teams that everybody expected to go deep. They get knocked out early. Um, but at the same time, you look at half the remaining field, right? We have the south bracket is comprised of a one, two, three, and a five. And then you have the West Bracket, which is a 1, 2, 3, and a 4. So almost all chalk in those two regions of yeah. the bracket. Um, but at the same time, the East Bracket has lost its 2, 3, and 4 seeds. And the Midwest Bracket has lost 2 and 3 and is represented by an 11 and a 10. So, I mean, it still comes down
1: to Kansas, Virginia in the finals and Kansas wins.
0: Well, I think Kansas is going to win after watching them in a couple games. I haven't seen Virginia. I didn't watch their games. but um, Just but, yeah. a couple of 1 seeds outlasting the others who are losing to double digits. Yeah, I'm still pulling for Oklahoma. I want Oklahoma to make it out of that side, but watching Kansas, Kansas is is filthy good, the way they move the ball around, and seems like everybody on their team can shoot. So I think, a, I think Kansas is... Villanova
1: not choking yet.
0: Villanova has not choked yet. They will soon, no. but not yet, which is surprising. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, maybe You think they lose to Miami, or they they make it one more to Kansas?
1: I think they make it one
0: more to Kansas, and so. then lose to Kansas. They're Yeah, I think they definitely lose to Kansas. Um, they look extremely good. I, I'm going with Oklahoma, Kansas. The way that I picked it on that side of the bracket for the Final Four. Unfortunately, the rest of my bracket is completely torched. But um, going Every, with Oklahoma, ev- Kansas. Everyone's bracket's torched. Yeah, that's There's true. There's no that's good true. brackets anymore. Is, that's true. But uh, you know, there there is that group of people that did have the Kansas uh, and then either Oregon or Oklahoma along with UNC and Virginia on that side of the bracket. If you had UNC and Virginia, you're in great shape, basically.
1: Because oh, so that's the, what all you the need.
0: one seeds are still alive. The one seeds still alive. So. The lots of twos go down, lots of threes, but no one seeds have gone down just yet. Um, okay, now
1: moving on to my maybe my favorite topic that's <laughs> <laughs> definitely happened. my favorite topic this year so far. Maybe my favorite topic that's ever happened in baseball. <laughs> uh, the Adam LaRoche white versus the White Sox. Um, Drake, his son's Drake LaRoche and that whole controversy. So I'll break it down for you briefly and then let Derek give his spiel before I go off. Because this is the best. Um so Drake Laroche is Adam Laroche's son. Adam Laroche is a professional baseball player. He's pretty old and very bad at baseball now. <laughs> like terrible. He batted 200 hitter. Two, less than yeah, he's a 200 hitter of less than 45 RBIs like a, for an entire season. Um had one year on the White Sox and apparently his son was in was in the clubhouse every single day. Um traveled with the team's at spring training, at team dinners. He was like a a team member basically. He he didn't go to school. His son was just a part of the team, fourteen years old, fourteen years old, Drake LaRoche um this year, the White sox management said, Adam, you're gonna like do you mind toning it back like your son can't be at every game? he just can't like there we can't have a child at like in a workplace every single day um so being the reasonable adult, um Adam LaRoche decided to retire and leave thirteen million dollars on the road rather than send his kid to school or like be I mean it's his choice okay I'll let you give your spiel <laughs> <Well, laughs> give your give yeah. your five give your two cents <laughs> so uh, but that's
0: that's the overview. I mean so I, Adam
1: LaRoche and and a lot of White Sox players have defended Adam LaRoche and the rest of the world has defended the White Sox organization
0: yeah so I agree with the rest of the world um this is ridiculous. The, the the fact that this is a controversy is laughable. I love and, that it's a controversy. And I don't know if Adam Laroche did this for attention, if he doesn't want to play baseball anymore, or if or if he genuinely feels that he is doing the right thing, or that he's. I don't know. I don't know what he feels, um, because I, what I want to know is what Drake feels. I want to know that, um, because here here's the two here's my view on this topic, is that there's two circumstances that I can see this there's only two ways I can see this being a thing. One of them is that Drake LaRoche is unhappy with the request that he not be around the team all the time. And that's why Adam LaRoche would retire because his son's unhappy about it. They're not going to let him. And so he says, you know what? Okay. God God forbid your son's unhappy about If That's the case. That is the worst parenting I can ever imagine. And the worst sense of entitlement that you will give your son ever to retire and give and, and pay $13 million, to give your son t- what he wants, which leads me to the second part of the question, which is that how does that give your son what he wants? Now he's not going to be in the clubhouse anyway, and you're, you're missing thirteen million dollars, and his dad's no longer a professional baseball player.
1: Be- and, and Adam LaRoche tweeted like hashtag family family first.
0: first. So 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 is this Adam LaRoche's? What I want to know is who's driving this? Is is Drake up un- unhappy about this, or is Adam LaRoche? so attached to Drake that he wants to spend every waking moment with him, which is, you know, it's great that a father wants to spend time with his kid, but (laughs) what I want to know is the details of of who who is really driving this. Is Drake unhappy about this? And if he is, how does this make it any better? So
1: here's what happened. Adam Roach, big loser, (laughs) big MLB loser, Um, kind of been an average MLB player for a long time, definitely needed to retire, like was bad. was playing very poorly. Um, And I'm going to read you uh, a clip from an open letter a a White Sox fan wrote to um, just anyone. It's an open letter about this situation. And I'll just start from the middle. And we don't care about LaRoche. We don't cherish his one season as a member of the White Sox. We don't respect him. Maybe you need to pause for a second and discern why we don't respect him. I'll help you out. He was a very bad, bad baseball player. And I I bleeped some things (laughs) out there. He batted 207, he hit 12 home runs, and drove in 44 RBIs. He was a well below replacement player. Uh, The eye test said he was bad. Whatever your favorite stat, whatever your analytical persuasion, it didn't matter. He was terrible. He made $12 million actively hurting the team. We're thrilled that he retired. He was dead weight, uh, and now he's gone, and and this is a near-ideal outcome for us, which (laughs) is hard-hitting, but someone needs to say it, and I love, I absolutely love... That like a few players on the White Sox like stood up for him, like oh like he was a leader in the clubhouse, yeah. blah blah blah. Like you've been lied to, and literally every single other person in the world was like this child should not be at in this clubhouse every day. They all sided on the White Sox. They said put the kid in school. If I had a kid, it, if one of my coworkers brought his kid to work every single day, <laughs> I would freak out. That's not how normal yeah. human beings act. Um, so this Drake LaRoche kid by no fault of his own became the most hated child yes, in America, Exactly, which I love. Yes. Bring and, it
0: on. And that's exactly why I would love to know what his perspective is on this because th- th- I, I'm so, so curious to know that because it, He's got to feel that way, right? I mean, he has to recognize how much hate is being driven not Do actually not actually him? to him. His friends might. Does hate he him. have any friends? He's been at a, he's been in an MLB clubhouse his entire life. That's true. Life.
1: Do his 20-year-old, 8-year-old baseball <laughs> player friends hate him?
0: And so it's come out recently that really it's only two or three players who actually stood up for Adam LaRoche and that, you know, I think there were reports that the players are actually the ones who went to the manager about this because obviously, like who yeah. else is going to go to the manager about manager's not going to say, "Hey, the ma- yeah. Yeah. if 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 all the players in that clubhouse had no problem with that kid being there there's no way they would have asked him to stop coming correct there's no because because the players are all that matters if the players don't care then they nobody's going to care
1: well they said it was a um occam's razor thing where like the the obvious solution or the obvious answer is usually the right one like someone definitely complained or multiple people probably complained about the kid being there yeah Often, I yeah. would, I would and, guess, because he and, was there the entire yeah. year. And
0: it's even—I don't even think people would complain about a kid being there often. It's being there always. It's like, I mean, what happens when a, when the manager gets back? You know, what what happens when the team has lost six in a row, and the manager needs to come in and deliver a message to the team and rip them a new one and tell them how badly you know everything's going? Especially, and he who, walks in there and he makes eye contact with a 14-year-old kid, and now he he has to. Uh, he can't say swear words, and he has to say like "you guys stink." Like, what kind of message is that deliver to the manager? He can't do his job.
1: And being the White Sox, you're going to be you're going beha- <laughs> to have that conversation a lot because they stink. Exactly. Also, I think this might be a big ploy by the White Sox organization to get fans S- at least talking them. about that because like any any press is good press at this point. You can defend whoever you want. And you're still kind of defending the White Sox. You're yeah. defending the organization or the players.
0: Most people, in the organization. Yeah, well,
1: and so you, and yeah. you're gonna. I mean, people are gonna get. Fire it up over whatever they want, but they're gonna come to the, watch baseball games. It's, yeah. it's just not White Sox games, <laughs> so this may be a ploy just to gather some because it could the, be. Because obviously the Cubs are the the talk of the town. The Cubs are the best, gonna be one of the best teams they're in wor- baseball. Th- this
0: is and especially with their World Series drought. You know they're the favorites to win the World Series. They're the talk of Chicago. Joe Madden,
1: funniest guy. Yeah. And actually, here's a, here's a uh, funny Chicago Cub story. So Joe Madden calls a players only or a veterans only actually meeting to go over like housekeeping rules um like spouses on mm-hmm. uh away games or e- probably even like kids in the clubhouse yeah. and one of them was the dress code like dress code in the clubhouse um and because it he's Joe Madden, he obviously had a, a quirky take on it and so everyone's really interested they say Joe Joe like what's your what's your take like what's what's the official dress code of of the Cubs clubhouse he said the official dress code is if you think you look hot, wear it. <laughs> that's the official Cubs dress code. That, that's good. If you good. think you look hot, wear it. <laughs> that's
0: that's a good take. Yes, that, that, it's that, a, that's a great a good, take. Great policy for any. I don't see it, why that wouldn't job, be the policy. Yeah. yeah,
1: but for baseball especially, it's a joke. Baseball, yeah. you you yeah. hundred <laughs> hundred fifty plus games. You yeah. can't just wear a T-shirt in the yeah. So <laughs> I, I love it. Um, so. In better Chicago news. Um, last thing I'll do. Um, and on this subject, is should I read the yeah. GoFundMe? So there's been a great GoFundMe um, created for the LaRoche family, called the LaRoche Family Family or the LaRoche Family Recovery Fund. Um, here, I'll read you the the out the uh, clip. Drake not only lost his position in the clubhouse and on the team, but he also lost the guidance and leadership from multiple father figures on the Chicago White Sox. This transition into normal education outside Major League Baseball will be tough for Drake, and we're asking for your help. <laughs> Also, we will be starting a clothes drive for Drake since he will no longer be receiving custom jerseys and uniforms. If you have any lightly worn uh, size boys XL, please let us know. They're seeking to raise $13 million to replace Adam LaRoche's salary and to, quote, get them back on their feet, which I think is great. Good for them. They
0: they, they need it. Good uh, luck, LaRoche it's, family. It is tough. It is tough having to go to school as a 14-year-old. That That is... It's you hate to see someone have to go through that, so I'm glad that people have her back. And hate, you know,
1: I enjoy. I mean, this is a, a, I think a product of being on radio where you have to have hot takes. <laughs> but I enjoy hating people who don't really deserve it. And the Laroche family is definitely one of those <laughs> <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> I
0: should not dislike this Drake Laroche kid as much as I do. Yes, it's 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 Adam Laroche that you that everything should be pointed to. But I hate them both. Yeah, I, I, I'm I,
1: rooting for the White Sox.
0: Yeah, the, go White Sox in this situation. Yeah, go, go White, White Sox. Sox. So there you have it. They're still paying him, I think, or I, I guess they're not, but um, but they they somehow signed him to a contract that was owing him 13 million. So that's their mistake. But um, nonetheless, we'll see how that plays out if he stays retired or what happens or or how Drake does in school. Well, I guess we'll find out. Deadspin will be all over it. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So there there's the White Sox uh, Drake Gazi situation. Uh, and now we move to a couple other sports topics. None of them probably as lengthy as that one. But no. um, the first topic: Roger Goodell proposing. Uh, ejection for, for particularly defensive players I think but any football players for getting two personal fouls in the same game uh, Richard Sherman came back and bashed Goodell uh, I'm paraphrasing but basically criticized Goodell as being an empty suit and one that you know has never played football and does not get that perspective on the field basically just shrugged it off and once again which Richard Sherman has never been hesitant to do just kind of completely bashes the commissioner yeah. on another proposed policy what do you what is your take on the policy or Sherman's reaction
1: um I'm kind of over the whole
0: bashed Goodell for the sake of
1: bashing Goodell thing. I think it's he's an easy target. Whenever something goes wrong with the NFL, you just blame Goodell, and and then it's all good. Um, Sherman, obviously, he's a he's an outspoken person. He says things all the time, so you kind of have to shrug that off too. Um, but the the ejection after two personal fouls, I get what they're trying to do. Uh, it's it's a little too tight for me. Yeah. I mean, three definitely that's works for me. Personal fouls. I mean, you have to call them a little looser. I think you can't just right. And I don't. Want, yeah, they're calling them pretty aggressively now to try to to curb bad, like bad hits and bad plays. But if you if you put that out there, then you have to kind of loosen it a bit. Um, overall, the story is kind of dumb. Like Sherman bashes Goodell. Everyone bashes Goodell, and Goodell says stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like par for the course.
0: Yeah, I as far as the Goodell bashing, I won't really touch on that. I think the. Um, the proposal, I think, is okay if it has a tweak. I think that the proposal should be that if you get two... Uh, it can't just be two personal fouls. It could be two unsportsmanlike conducts, if that's what he's going for. You know, two like of those targeting or helmet-to-helmet hits. I could see two personal fouls would include roughing the passer. It would include face mask. It would include a late hit. None of those things are things that you do not in the heat of the moment. Those are heat-of-the-moment fouls. So, I would hate to see somebody ejected from a critical game because they went to make a tackle and they got their hand on the guy's face mask. It would I mean, be like, it
1: would, t- it would start turning to soccer with yellow and red cards. Yeah. Like you get a yellow card for, for now you, some, got, you can't play as aggressively. Exactly. Which, which you don't want to see in a, in a very aggressive sport. Yeah. I mean, which yeah. stinks, but I, yeah. I, I like either, I like your tweak. Um, and I do like, yeah, I mean, cause uns,
0: uns, like things like, like things like some of the guys like endemic and Sue and things like that, when they're, Dirty, aggressive, like unsportsmanlike penalties, like like after the whistle type of stuff. I'm fine with that. If you want, if you want to eject a guy after he's done that twice in a game, that's fine with me because that's after the whistle. He should have a clear head in that situation. Not you can't just encapsulate all personal fouls. I think there, there's personal fouls in the field of play during the during, between the whistles. Uh, I think that's you can't do it. So right. I'm, I'm out on that proposal. Moving on,
1: Dwight Howard apparently gets caught using stick'em. Hmm. Um, which for for which for what reason we are unaware, but I am totally
0: he, unaware. He gets caught using stick'em, which is a quote unquote sticky substance, <laughs> which is what wide receivers might use to gain an advantage. Yeah, and, and it gets some, found
1: on a ball. It was this on this was on yeah, Saturday night, and, and,
0: and like maybe this is why Dwight Howard's so bad at shooting free throws because he's been using stickum.
1: I can't think of a reason because he's he's got to have gigantic hands, like holding yeah. onto the ball. Can't it's not an be. issue for him. And like, how does? Like having stick them on your hands, I don't know. It's it's so the weird because the, the ball touches. The only
0: basketball play I can envision is grabbing a rebound, and I mean, and he's going to out rebound basically everyone anyway, and anyway. and he's going to throw off everybody's shot. Maybe that's <laughs> why? why stick them on the ball. Imagine
1: if he went up for a block and just like swatted it and got stuck and, to his hand.
0: Yeah. That would be so funny. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here, but uh, It's it's
1: total Dwight Howard fashion. Yeah. He Dwight Howard is a this mysterious player who walks into team walks into cities, destroys their basketball team and then leaves <laughs> and is like thinks he's all goofy and funny and no one knows why. He's just he's just a madman. He there's
0: no rhyme or reason to Dwight Howard and this just fits into that. Completely agree. So, very strange, very strange scandal. We'll see if the NBA comes down with any penalty on him. Probably just a fine if I'm guessing. I don't This seems strange. They're not going to probably suspend him for that, but uh, we'll see. So sticking with the NBA, this is a shocking stat. Um, Many of you might have heard this by now on ESPN, but uh, Steve saw it on on Saturday night when the Warriors lost in San Antonio, and this stat is staggering. So with that loss on Saturday, the Warriors, the almighty Warriors, have lost 33 consecutive games in San Antonio against the Spurs. The last time they won there, Tim Duncan was still playing at Wake Forest. That's so crazy. It's insane because
1: a the the Warriors are the best team in basketball. They are yeah. unstoppable. Yes, and, and I know it's only been, been for yeah for a couple but years. Still, but like they probably play three or four games yeah. a year, maybe less, maybe yeah. more. But and then to have Tim Duncan's career and everyone else's before career, that. yeah, before yeah. that, to it, it just blows my mind. I mean, I don't, I can't remember. I don't know how long Greg Popovich has been coaching, but. It's got to be something to do with that. Like, that's insane. 33 games? Like, I don't know. You'd, you'd think there would be flukes. You'd think there would be something. So the question is, does this become a concern in the playoffs? Um, should either team get home
0: court advantage? Um, I think it has to be, right? I, I mean, the so so this is... This brings into a quick side topic, and I'm going to reference another stat that I told you about on Saturday as well. So they were going over the net ratings for these players, which is like the number of points per 100 possessions that your team scores when you're on on the floor, these advanced stats. So the Spurs, remarkably, every player on the Spurs roster has a net rating of at least 10, which means that no matter what five-man lineup the Spurs use on their roster, they outscore their opponent by at least 10 points per 100 possessions, which is mind-boggling that you can have a team that deep. On the flip side, the Warriors do not have that same luxury. In fact, Brandon Rush, who's one of their somewhat regulars, has a negative net rating. Um, However, their best five-man lineup has a net rating of 50.7, meaning they outscore their opponents by 50 points per 100 possessions. So the question is in the playoffs, obviously the shorter rotation probably wins out because you're going to be playing shorter rotations and less of a bench is really needed in the seven-game series. So that's why the Warriors have been predominantly the favorite. But you look at this struggle in San Antonio, and 33 consecutive losses is nothing to laugh about. I think you know, the Warriors put up 79 points on Saturday. Yes, it's going to be a concern in the playoffs for them. There's Whether it's in their head or whether it's just how good the Spurs are at home, I don't care how short you make your rotation. If you lose that many games in a row in a building, it's you know, it becomes tough to get over that hump. And I think as good as the Warriors are, people are forgetting that the Spurs are so close behind them. It's so overlooked. It's exactly what you said a few weeks ago. It's what Greg Popovich wants is to be in that second spot of not in the spotlight. Everyone's looking at the Warriors. Meanwhile the Spurs have, you know, are sixty and eleven, I think. They actually lost tonight. But oh. um to the Charlotte Hornets actually came back from down twenty three. Um but yeah, I think I think it's a concern for the Warriors in the playoffs, going if they have to go to San Antonio.
1: That could be exciting. I mean, it's it's so weird to think that we could be watching the best basketball team since the Bulls, and they might not win the playoffs. They yeah. might not win the championship because there's another team that's probably the best dynasty team yeah. that we've seen in our lifetime, yeah. and or, or will ever see in the Spurs. Yeah. So it's interesting. Basketball is kind of interesting again.
0: It's crazy. And and the Spurs, I mean, the Spurs are are amazing because, I mean, the Spurs are not going to miss a beat when when they lose Duncan. I mean, Tony Parker and Tim Duncan are already starting to kind of, I mean, they're already on their downside. And Kawhi Leonard has become an MVP type player. So it's just, it's remarkable what the Spurs do and with how deep they are. But uh, that's a matchup that I think everybody is hoping for in the NBA playoffs to see those two teams go at it. Um, last Can't topic. Wait. Last topic. NBA. Very quickly. Anthony Davis. So this came out today. Potentially, will be sacrificing twenty four million dollars for being shut down for the season with injuries. He's had a, a, a labrum injury to his shoulder for the past three years, apparently, and a knee injury also recently. They're shutting him down for the year, which is the smart decision for a franchise. You know, yeah. uh, I, I hate when franchises you know feel like they need to not you know they have any other interest than than protecting their asset and doing what's best for the team so obviously they're going to shut him down for the season because the pelicans aren't winning and they need him to be healthy because he's the cornerstone of their franchise but he stood to make a 24 million dollar bonus if he made an all nba team so very likely sacrificing that chance um make anything of it what do you i mean um
1: i mean i don't when it comes to that kind of money with those kind of players i don't think it
0: actually makes that much of difference
1: yeah. like it's all relative it, it's crazy to think in our head the 24 <laughs> million like 24 million dollars that, that's an insane <laughs> yeah. amount of money but in the grand scheme of things he probably made 24 million dollars th- in this tax season for commercials with h&r block yeah. like he th- that's that's chump change yeah. and for when it comes down to like a, a health of especially of a big man who's Whose arms and legs mm-hmm. and joints go very fast. I mean, I think they. He probably considered yeah, that. And so yeah, and and that next
0: contract is huge for him. Obviously, um, you yeah. Know, every next contract, he's a stud. Like
1: he's gonna he's yeah. gonna make one hundred fifty million dollars in the yeah. next contract easily. Yeah. So. Exactly. Um, so, and he's
0: got a killer unibrow. He does. That's he does something have to that. note. He does have that. Hopefully, he never never gets rid of that. That's his defining. defining he definitely place. won't. So uh, so that's it. That's it for the NBA and for sports. Uh, and so that's all we have for. Period number three, which brings us to the final drive. Final
1: drive, episode 15, cruising 15, by.
0: drive, where it feels like yesterday that we were doing episode one. It feels one.
1: like Tuesday. It feels like, yeah. For me.
0: Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. It does feel like Tuesday tomorrow. All right, final drive. So you <laughs> want to go first or second? Uh, I'm going to go second this time. All right, cool. I'll go first, uh, and this is kind of related to a previous episode as well, so... My final drive. It's quick. It's just an announcement, and it's a congratulations to both of us. The final beer and ice cream free podcast is today. Episode fifteen is the last one. Episode sixteen, we will be gorging in beer and ice cream. The crowd goes wild, and the crowd will be
1: going nuts. Drunk. On beer and ice cream. Next we'll be episode, drunk on beer and so ice cream. Tune
0: in. Next podcast, beer floats constantly before recording on Monday night. If you want to come over and be a part of it, a- everyone's welcome to come. Monday we- night will be a beer and ice cream party. Beer and ice cream party at the recording studio, which you can reach out to us for the location of our studio, um, and you can come join the party and, and drink beer and eat ice cream and have a great time. So, uh, we did it. We well, we, we we're about to have done it. We still have to get through this week, but. We've by far gotten through all the hardest challenges, St. Patrick's Day being the last of those, and we are now going to be able to enjoy uh, beer and ice cream again after a successful sacrifice over Lent. That's well it.
1: done. Love it. Love it. Um, so mine is, is kind of lame and kind of vague, but baseball season's back. Everyone loves the start of baseball season. It means spring training. It means warm weather. It means hot dogs with your son, the good old ball game um but i think baseball is going to be very interesting this this year a lot of teams that are that haven't been good are going to be good Mm -hmm. the cubs um the astros are going to be really good um even the rays look pretty good there and these big hitters like the yankees and the red sox and all these like old stuffy teams that used to be very good may not be as good this year Uh, which is good for sports It, it happened in basketball and where the Cavs became good the I mean, the Spurs have always been good, but Warriors. Uh, Warriors became yeah. very good, so it's good when there's a there's a parity, a parity and a shift in um, the top between the bottom. And I think this year in baseball is going to be that. Um, we're going to go to a lot of Red Sox games, um, and it's going to be a blast. Yeah. So baseball season's back at least until we're bored of it two months in, and
0: I'm wondering why we even bother with baseball at and, all. And we stop checking our fantasy teams, and we get yelled at, and. And that's all that happens. So
1: So baseball season's back. Uh, Everyone should get into it this year. Come with us to games. Follow it. We might start talking about it. It'll be fun.
0: Yeah, we'll do some You Heard It Here Second outings to the Red Sox.
1: Indeed we will.
0: Perfect. So that's all we have for episode 15 of You Heard It Here Second. And next week we will move on to 16, I guess. Yes, I think that's the plan. And we'll have some beer and some ice cream.
1: Beer and ice cream and maybe some special guests. Who knows? Maybe, yeah.
0: We'll see. See you guys later. Bye, guys.